Today on Let's Talk Limbic Sparks, I'm with Kish Melwani, CEO of ServiceBite, a New York-based IT services company serving businesses and homes with computer, network security, and cloud support. I'm Kevin Perlmutter, Chief Strategist and Founder of Limbic Brand Evolution, a brand strategy and neuromarketing consultancy that taps into emotional insight to strengthen connections with brands and people. The limbic system part of our brain supports emotion, motivation, behavior, and memory, and I'm curious how my guests are creating what I call limbic sparks, which happen when emotional motivation meets brand desire. I love talking with brand leaders who are turning emotional insight into a competitive advantage to drive business growth for the brands that they serve. Kish, thank you so much for joining me today, and let's talk limbic sparks. Thank you for having me. Kish, you bring a lot of heartfelt passion to work and to life in general. What's most motivating to you and what inspires your daily approach to, to work and life? That's a great question. Since the beginning, when I entered this industry, uh, there's always been an interest to help people, a love to help people. And when we talk about um, what my team does and what we have uh, been consistent on, I would say that is one of the big things. And sometimes I, I have seen us lose some of that focus, but then when we realize, when we cut through everything that happens, what is it that we're really trying to do? And why are we trying to do it? And at the end of it, regardless of whether we're trying to solve a computer problem or save a business from a disaster, we are helping people. And that's what we love to do. I love that. And I'm curious, you know, you, you talk about your team. What is it that matters to you in those relationships with your team members? What do you value? I'd like to have some consistency with that same internal desire to help people. And, and that's why it's consistent with them as well. That's something that's strong. But while that could be an overlapping desire, there are some other things. Are they respectful of people's time? Are they making things easier for the customer. And, and those are the driving factors that help us um, understand whether we need to make a choice of a certain type of software, a type of security solution, or even what fridge to get in our kitchenette. So it's all about the team. Um, I, I, I have a feeling and I, I, I kind of more than a feeling, I know this, your, your team, uh, your team and you rally together quite a bit and um, I've gotten to know you a bit, but you know what brands instinctively spark associations and feelings. And I'd love for listeners to get to know more about you through the lens of brands. Can you talk about three to five brands that paint a picture of what you're all about and why you chose them? Sure. One that comes to mind is Apple. Apple is such a game changer in the way that they enter markets. They enter new markets, they enter new things, but they always have the same effect. What you're gonna end up with is something that's high quality, that is easy to use, that fits their vision for what they're trying to accomplish. Whether it's a new iMac or a new way to pay for services, so Apple's been paving the road for, um, for the way we would like to be inspired by how a company should be run and how it can make an impact on the industry. Another company that I could say that's inspired us would be Ford. 
uh, Ford and American car manufacturer, one of the big three, right? Ford has actually been doing some great innovating over the past few years. When we talk about Ford versus GM, GM being as big as it is, Ford has been innovating with uh, brands, for instance, where they've been bringing back brands that have been um, uh, there for years, but they're bringing them more to the forefront. One of the examples I can give is Mustang. They've actually distanced Mustang from Ford. Mustang itself is a brand. And now you can get a Mustang sports car or Mustang electric vehicle for families. And what they're doing, again, what they started last year was uh, they had the Bronco. And the Bronco itself, a car that for many years existed, but then disappeared, is now back in the forefront. And it is coming up with all kinds of, Ford's coming up with all kinds of cool designs for it. Um, but what interests me the most is their investment in technology. They are actually doing some good things with their investment in technology, things that we have not seen for years in American automotive. We've seen in European markets and Japanese markets. So they've been an amazing company to follow. Those are some great examples. And they, they, they really paint a picture of how you focus on um, innovation, service innovation, product innovation, um, the things that you care about. And, and I, I love hearing about those from you. Uh, and there's honestly so much that I want to unpack about how you approach your business, uh, because I think that there are a lot of business leaders out there who could learn from, from the way you do things. But let's start here. You founded ServiceBite, I think about 11 years ago, after working for um, a larger corporation. And I'm curious, what inspired you to transition from working at another company, providing help desk type services for for companies to launching your own company? So the company I was working for was providing consumer IT support, but it was stuck in the past. Uh, the company had been founded in 1983 and they were still expecting their clients to bring computers physically into the store. And that experience bothered me because remote service technology had been around for, for years. And I found that it would be easier for customers to save them the time, not having to schlep a computer in, not having to uh, wait for service. They could just reach out to us and say, hey, I need some help. And we would find a person for them as soon as they would be available. And we could help them in the convenience of their own home or their own business without having to ask them to bring in something or without us even having to go on site. This time savings, this convenience was, was very valuable. And so when I started the business, I, I said, hey, this is what's going to be one of the foundational benefits for our clients. We want to help them have a better experience. We want to make sure that they don't have to worry about unplugging, replugging, um, lifting, or having to even spend the time of having to drive into a, a location and wait. We just found it to be a more frictionless approach. And becoming an entrepreneur, that's, that's a big step all unto itself. Comes with a lot of learning. I had to go from knowing how to just fix computers to knowing how to manage people, knowing how to make sales, how to work with relationships, uh, meeting deadlines, and also managing a team that can also do that, which I've done a lot of learning over the past decade. Are you looking backwards or looking forwards? Always forward. Always forward. I love that. 
So over the years, um, you know, help help desks, uh, IT services has changed even further. Even thinking about today and the market that you're in, what do you see as the most pervasive frustrations that many people have with typical help desks and support teams? I think a lot of the clients that we get, for instance, that have been frustrated with past relationships, past IT providers, uh, has to do with some of the basics. Uh, I firmly believe that anyone can solve IT problems. Can they solve them to your satisfaction within a reasonable time? That is where things enter a different area, where clients have come to us and said, hey, our previous provider expected us to uh, take a new printer out of the box and plug it in. And then the IT person would help us remotely. I don't believe in that type of experience. I, while I believe most things could be taken care of remotely, uh, I feel it's appropriate for a technician to come by uh, in person, unbox that printer, install it, configure it, give the person a concierge experience. And when we talk about the types of service that other clients have received, it, it's very disappointing to see that because we prefer more of a white glove concierge experience where the client could focus on what they do best, which is their business or their personal life and not have to worry about these technology issues. Yeah, and that plays right into what you said before about um, your love for helping people, which is, is something that is clearly a mantra for you. Um, another one of your favorite responses to any question is my pleasure. Um, talk about that and how those, those uh, ways of thinking just inspire your daily approach to customer experience. I think what you say matters. And I know a lot of people have this habit of saying, no problem. And I, I found that to be an issue because uh, we know it's not a problem. And we feel like that immediate response doesn't really give you that positive drive that you would expect out of somebody. So our response to anybody is my pleasure. We, this is our pleasure. We want to help you solve your problems. We, and we are enjoying helping you solve the problem. And so it is always our pleasure to help and do better. One of the things that struck me as we've gotten to know each other is the service by team culture. And you all seem to have a lot of fun. I'm curious, what is it about the team that makes it so, you know, so much fun for everyone to be together? And what do you look for in people that you're bringing on to the team in the future? The team is everything. I firmly believe that in any service-based business, the people are the driving factors for everything. You know, the, the, uh, the assistance they can provide to their clients, the level of service that they can uh, create for, for, for uh, their clients. And I feel that when we talk about the team, we have to think about the workplace for a second. Work is where we spend the most of our lives. You know, even you think about a nine to five job, that's eight hours a day where you're spending in, at work, either virtually or in person. And you're having experiences with people, communications with people that that time should be enjoyable. The environment you go into should be nice. And I, I remember when we used to have a small basement that we would work out of in an old office building and it was the tiniest thing ever, um, but we made the best of it because we had, uh, we had unlimited snacks and we had, uh, we had gone out to lunch randomly. 
uh, random ice cream day, you know, these little things add up and they create for a more desirable workplace. They create for a, a fun, engaging atmosphere and people that are happy and like doing what they're doing are going to do a great job. So that's why when we look at team members, we're always looking at why they want to do what they do. And one of the biggest things we're looking for is that you want to really do what you do. You love to do what you do. And you take it personally. We're okay with that. We want you to take it personally. And our team takes everything seriously. They, they focus on it as if it's a computer they're fixing for a family member. And solving problems that actually create a positive impact in your life. I feel at the end of the day, we feel refreshed. We feel accomplished. And that's been very important. And that's why when we look for new teammates, we always want to look for those types of qualities. Do you, do you love doing what, you, what you're doing? Do you enjoy this? And we want you to work for a company that values that. It's, it's so great. And I know your team members feel that way about working with you and with your clients. And it's fantastic. And, you know, that gets me on to the next area, which is, you know, recently you decided after many years to evolve your brand. You evolved your brand strategy, uh, refreshed the visual identity a bit, uh, created a new website, new sales materials. You're evolving the customer experience. And let's just throw in a full confession here that um, I'm going to say thank you for bringing me and Limbic Brand Evolution on to do that work with you. Can you share what inspired you to evolve from the status quo of how you've been presenting Service Byte for so many years to taking on this brand evolution? So I'll start off by saying thank you for the lovely work you did for our brand and uh, the evolution. It's my pleasure. Um, I, I will start off by saying I did not really know what you did and I wasn't sure how your approach was. I have a business coach who had, who had introduced me to you and, and the work that you do. Um, and for me, that was interesting because I, I was curious how you could help us. And when we had spoken to you about this, you had helped us understand that there's this emotional driving experience, emotional aspect to buying or to even understanding the type of company we are. And for me, it was very logical because I'm an, I'm an IT person. So I'm thinking very logically often, hey, if the cost is low enough or hey, if the service has enough value, the client will sign up. That's far from the truth, especially when we think about our own buying decisions. When I'm perfectly okay spending $3,000 on a laptop, a Mac, whereas a comparable PC could cost half that. And there's this love for the environment I'm working in, the, the type of work I can do with this technology. And so when we had worked with Limbic Spark about this, I know that specifically one of the big things I wanted your help with was our sales presentation. I get in front of a business and I talk about how we can help them. And at the end of the presentation, which I felt was originally more about information, what we can do, how we can drive value. And we know that people buy on benefits, not on features, right? So I would list all the benefits. Hey, we'll make your life easier. We'll do all these great things. And then when we worked with you, you gave us a whole different perspective on this. It was about 
the customer and how they felt about their service, the way things were at that time versus how they could be with us. And I focused on that. And I'll tell you, the, the experience was amazing because I'm going through this sales presentation, which is really not so salesy. And at the end of it, actually not even at the end of it, during the process, the client is just like interjecting and saying, yeah, I remember when that happened. I don't like that. I, I want that to be better. And that was remarkable because the customer is actually engaged through the process, which I remember before, it always led to yes, yes, yes. And at the end saying, yeah, we think you're the guy. And then it ended up being a no. Hmm. Now, while I still get no's, <laughs> um, I feel like the experience of presenting ourselves makes us really a no-brainer for companies. And I think it actually makes it difficult for them to say no to us. <laughs> so wow. I, I feel that this rebranding has helped us because uh, especially when we talk about, um, you've given us a, a great little kit where now we can use colors in our other software and services. And it creates this consistent experience. And I, I haven't shared this with you, Kevin, but I had created a, uh, a shared version of that document where everyone can see the color palettes and, and what types of designs we should be using. And my team ran with it. They went to our various systems and they started to plug it in. And all of a sudden, even internally, my team is seeing a new service byte. And it looks great. It's reinvigorating. It's energizing and really driving value, which is important. Yeah, it's so it's so gratifying to hear that. And I love that we we're able to do some visual identity work as well as part of this process. I want to come back a little bit to where we started, which was developing that strategy and the insights discovery process. And, you know, if you recall back when we did that, it included interviews with you and your team members. It included interviews with your customers, uh, some current customers, some past customers. We, we really spent um, you know, talk to a lot of people. And there were a variety of other investigations prior to landing on a strategy. So from that discovery work, from hearing from, you know, the interviews that were conducted, what surprises did you start to experience from your learning at that stage? So the experience was very interesting because when you told me what we would be doing, I was not used to it. It was something new to me. And what you were doing is contacting my team. Uh, you were contacting our clients and you were having these neutral conversations, uh, which was great because we weren't involved. You were the third party. And I, I feel they gave you a, that unbiased view of how they felt. Uh, I thought it was great to hear that feedback because it lets us know how we're really doing in a way that we couldn't get out of say a survey or something that could have been direct from us. And then to use that information to help us actually reap more of those rewards from those benefits that we are sharing with our clients and, and be able to identify how we are as awesome as we say we are and in what ways we're awesome was really helpful because you took that information and then you put it into our website put it into our redesigned website, that is, and our sales presentations and the way we conduct ourselves 
that was very impressive and it really helped us. So there were some things that you learned about what clients appreciate most about service bite. Um, if I recall that you were not even really aware of or thinking of, like you had a perception of what service bite was doing for them. And then they started to uh, share more things um, that, that, you know, maybe creates a little, definitely creates a little bit more differentiation for you. What were some of those things that you heard and uh, you know, what's creating limbic sparks for your customers and keeping them coming back for more? I think a couple of ones that come to mind. One of the big ones was they're on it. It was nice and short. And I remember <laughs> our client was just like, they're on it. They're, they're going to just take care of it. And that's how we like to be seen. We don't want to be seen as the company that is internally confused, right? Uh, or, or the customer is driving that process. They, they just say, they'll take care of it. And I was like, that is pretty much how she would see us when we have an issue. And, and it's interesting because I could never really codify that and, and understand that. But she just sees it as, yeah, they're taking care of it. So I'll just send it off to them and it'll be done. Uh, and she's been a client of ours for 10 years. And she's just great. Uh, the other one that caught my attention was where the client had said they want to do business in the way ServiceBite does business. And that was interesting to me because that inspired me a lot. Uh, this company actually said they want to run their operation in the way that we do. Um, what, an, what a way to inspire. Having done this work, how has this impacted your go-to-market approach? How are you differently now versus before this brand evolution going about attracting new clients to your business? For us, it's all about experience. And we want to improve the customer experience from onboarding to support to projects, even offboarding. Make it as easy as possible. Make it fast. And the work that you had done with us helped us understand that certain things were inconsistent. I'll give you an example of one. We have a billing system that I'm at a go-to-market strategy, right? We went to market with it many years ago, and it was not using the colors that represented our brand. It was not having the type of experience that we would like to have for our clients. And when we started our work, I realized, hey, there are some other areas we need to look at. And one of them is really even a simple thing like billing. A customer just wants to update their credit card and we want to make that experience seamless. So one of the things that came from our work was uh, a teammate of mine going in and changing the colors, changing the layout of just the, a simple thing like credit card services. It allowed our clients to log in, manage their credit cards in a more seamless way where from start to finish, they get an email from us that says, hey, you need to update your credit card. Here's how we do it. And we gave them a beautiful uh, PDF manual just in case they needed some quick steps. We made it as short and simple as possible. We revised the colors so that this way they can see a consistency with um, you know, what they see on their website, what they see in support tickets that they also see in the billing page. And it built trust. You know, hey, I'm, I'm still dealing with the same company. Um, it built a identity. Hey, this is the same organization. Um, I see this with a lot of systems that are disparate, where a company will hire a third-party solution provider or 
or sign up for a service that doesn't exactly fit their brand. And fitting the brand is very important because you can't go from one type of experience to another that could really paint the brand. So with this, we were able to create more consistent experiences. And as you know, we're doing more work with our support experiences, with our ticketing system, because of how positive that's been and how we wanna make change that actually speaks to our brand on a consistent basis. So you're really thinking now more than ever about the holistic customer experience where it's not just about visual, but it's also about messaging. It's also about how the experiences works. Is there anything about the way you communicate with clients and messaging that has been um, something that you've incorporated that's gotten a better reaction? Absolutely. We had some clients that were using uh, an older subset of our services, subscription services, and uh, it made sense to transition them from one set of services to another. And we want to make that experience as easy, seamless, time, less time consuming as possible. And so that when we approached them, we had a new layout for their, for their approach. And when we thought about our brand and we thought about some of our core values in our brand, does our brand reflect our core values properly? And we found at that time, it really didn't. Uh, if our client is reading a long multi-paragraph email, that's not helping because two of our core values are being violated. Are we making it easy by having them read multiple lines of text? No. Are we saving them time? No. So we actually came up with a cool idea where we just said two sentences, hey, these are changes that we're expecting to do and we need your help. And we had a button below it and it was just a beautifully colored email. Button reflected our brand colors. The person clicked on it, scheduled, had a person on, on, on the phone with them helping them through that whole process. And it was beautiful because when you compare the older way where somebody might look at that email, they had a busy day, they didn't read the entire email, they sat on it for a week. That's not the case here. We had people that were sending an email and within a week we had people scheduled for the next week. And I mean, what a great way to bring that forward and bring it to life. I know you've been busy lately and, and dare I ask, What's been the overall impact on your business since launching this brand evolution? <laughs> uh, we, we are a growing business and I, I do feel like uh, the rebranding helped. Um, I, I feel like when people think of our name, when they think of our, our logo, when they think of just the colors we use um, and our style of approach, we have built some respect in the industry. We have grown quite a bit. We're facing some other challenges, growing pains, uh, I guess, good problems to have. Due to the pandemic, the labor market has shrunken a little, which has made that a little complicated. But when we talk about um, all the good things, I mean, this is great. I, I'm running a growing business. I've got additional leased space. Uh, I've got a team that's growing. And um, I'm loving every minute of it. Fantastic to hear. So when you think about brands that are out there that may be neglecting this power of emotional insights, um, why, do you, why do you think they're neglecting it? Why do you think that they're not lighting onto this opportunity that you've, you've discovered? I think it has a lot to do with what I said earlier about 
uh, companies still seeing that benefits is what you should be talking about and not features, not realizing that we have evolved to this next level already. And just like me, I, I was not aware until we had our conversation in 2020 uh, and we started our various projects. Uh, I feel companies don't know the power of the work you can put into the emotional experience when it comes to brands. And uh, I think that some of it is still a little hard to like pinpoint and say, oh yeah, this is that point. You can't necessarily uh, put a numeric value on it, right? You can't quantify it. Um, although you can, if you have a business that's growing like mine and you're like, hey, could, could we be firing all cylinders because of one or many reasons? Um, I've, I'm always the type of person that likes to try. And uh, for me, this was an experiment. And I think it was a great experiment. I definitely see the value that the emotional experience of buying, the limbic sparks, how our heads are aligned to making decisions. Uh, this is really difficult, but you understand this stuff and you've helped us understand it. And I, I wish other companies also at least try this out. I think it'll help them. What do you believe are the best ways to create limbic sparks, those moments when emotional motivation meets brand desire? I think that you can do some self-reflection here. I mean, if on a day-to-day -day basis, you go to a, a store or make a buying decision or choose one thing over another, why are you doing it? Just think back for a second. And the example I gave earlier about the Mac that I bought for $3,500, that's, why did I do it? I didn't have to, but at the end of the day, I'm using an operating system that cares about my uh, privacy, that gives me a great experience when I'm doing multitasking, um, is a beautiful content creation device compared to Windows. And I don't have a shortage of computers, but here I am buying a Mac. And I feel like when you think about this, look at yourself, think about what you do. It, it, does that make sense to you? And that's something that you did. You, you helped us understand how that really can make sense, even though it may not appear to make sense with other viewpoints. Hey, why did you spend more? Hey, why did you uh, decide on buying a new one as opposed to a refurbished one? It, these types of questions that you ask yourself, why you go with one choice versus another, I think could give you some really good insight as to how you can apply that in your own business and help it grow. As a business and brand leader, what is it you know now that you wish you knew years ago, perhaps something that others can learn from? <laughs> Hire Kevin faster. <laughs> I had to throw That's in the plug. That's not why we're doing this. <laughs> I, I think that you have to have the right time. You know, in my case, my business was uh, initially, of course, smaller. I had started it on my own. And um, you have to have the right time when, if you find yourself in your business where you're still growing, but at a pace that perhaps is not what you want it to be, uh, or you look back at the various experiences you deliver to your clients and you wonder, am I doing enough 
could I be doing more? I feel like that would be a good time to see we can dial it up a little. And that's what Limbic Sparks, Limbic Brand Evolution helped us do. It helped us understand, you know, what is it that clients value? What is it that makes us great to the client? Or not great, right? That happens too. There are certain things that I'm sure businesses are doing. While we are doing well, there are some businesses that I'm sure all of us can agree could do better. And they may not know that they can do better. So why not work on that brand? Why not at least know where you can do better? That is amazing. I um, am so happy uh, that we are friends, that we've had the chance to work together. Thank you so much, Kish, for joining me today on Let's Talk Limbic Sparks. Thank you for having me. For more, go to limbicsparks.com.